On this episode of the Ugly Truth About Business podcast, I have a great interview with my friend David Dokun. He's the CEO of the Dokun Company, and today we can talk about how to build a business alongside your job. Enjoy. Get ready. Ready. All right. For your wake-up call. Wake up! He promises to tell you the truth, the whole truth, and the ugly truth. It's your life and business strategist, Steve, Steve Harris. All right. Welcome to the Ugly Truth About Business podcast. My name is Steve Harris, and I'm super stoked to be back on this podcast. It has been a while, but hey, you know what they say, I am worth the wait. All righty. So today I've got an amazing guest. He's actually, as far as I'm concerned, the one person that I might be inclined to agree that is better looking than me. But then again, he's a probable close second. All right. So today I've got my friend, my brother, David Dokun. And David is the chief executive officer of the David Dokun Company. That is a management consulting and coaching corporation that is headquartered in the city of Lagos, Nigeria, Um, That's in Africa, for those of you who are my international audience. But I want to read his bio just a little bit quick. Um, David is an experienced management consultant with over 15 years experience working in projects and consulting environments. He's been instrumental to the growth of multiple successful businesses from scratch and has coached dozens of others. Over the past decade, his consultancy work has cut across different sectors, including aviation, oil and gas, real estate, agriculture, finance, and the public service. David's process improvement initiatives have been utilized and adopted as a standard on the various projects he has executed, especially in the oil and gas industry, where he's worked with a team of experts to successfully deliver several multi-million dollar projects for major independent oil companies like Chevron, Shell, and Agip. David is a John Maxwell certified international speaker, coach, and trainer, and he's also a fellow of the Institute of Management Consultants. And David recently published a book, which is really amazing because I read it, titled Success Soul Shakes. It's like milkshakes for your soul. David is married and lives in Lagos with his wife and beautiful kids. Yo, bro, welcome to the podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell me I'm here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Wow. <laughs> it's just that you're far away. I can't give you a hug. Thank you for having me. Here. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll just give you like an emoji love, like a love emoji. But yeah, yeah. Welcome, to, welcome to the welcome to the podcast, bro. Like I said, you're the only person that I might be inclined to agree might be better looking than me. So, and that is that is a real that is a real thing because I'm I'm very reticent to admit that anyone is better looking than me. But yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. How are you doing, man? I'm going to frame this moment. I will edit. I will edit this part out of the podcast, so nobody's gonna hear it but you and I. Oh my goodness! All right, man. So it's it's Valentine's Day. So how's Valentine's Day been for you, man? Well, it's the same in Lagos every year. It's it's going to be a lot of traffic everywhere. For me, it's a quiet. It's a Monday this year, so meetings back to back. I had to beg my madam to please allow us move it one day forward. After all. Love is every day, so it's not just one day. So for me, yes. it's been many meetings, and but well, I'm happy to be here this time. Really Absolutely, excited. man. 
Thank you. You know, because I've been I've been meaning to have you on the podcast for quite a while, and finally we made it happen. Um, even if yes. it means you ducking out on Valentine's Day, um, but you know your wife understands. You'll make it up to her tomorrow. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into it, bro. So just you know, I know I've read your bio, and it really is very impressive. Um, but let's hear from the horse's mouth, you know, just, you know, as succinct and as clear as you can. Um, who is David Dokong? What's David about? Well, thanks again, Steve, for having me here. It's a privilege. And for me, I like to call myself not a man of what they call them, what jack of all trades. I don't want to call myself a jack of all trades, but I've actually tried my hands in different fights. And that's partly because my background stems off of a family of so many entrepreneurs. My, my grandfather was an entrepreneur. Almost everyone in my dad's family, my uncles, I, I'm trying to even pick out which one of them isn't in business in one way or the other. So that influenced me growing up. And I started off as a junior consultant in my dad's firm. Right. It was almost like that traditional. So that's where I learned all the agriculture, you know, consulting. Then my mom rose through the ranks in the aviation industry up to director level. So I got a lot involved in our business, trying to understand their systems, their processes. She'll call me, she'll come and say, come. The reason we sent you to school is so that you can add value. Right. This is the process we're going to work. It's the public service, it's the aviation industry. What can you contribute? So we'd sit down, hash out different kinds of problems, break it down, and she would go back to work, you know, give us stellar. For me, it was hands-on training. That kind of background is what I had. And back to back, I've had my hands in different pies over the years, but especially in consulting and in training. But I'll tell you more as we go along about the places where I've fallen, picked myself up from mud, right. and said, wow. So this is what they told me about business. <laughs> I, I, I think that that's a great way to go, man. You know, you know, many times we don't sit back to think about the experience we've had with other organizations um, and think that it's important. So like you said, you know, you, you started your career, so to speak, as an entrepreneur, um, helping out your father's business and helping your mom rise through the ranks and, you know, in her industry as well. So, you know, let's just get into... What drives you? You know, what's David about? Who is David? You know, apart from this good looking guy, but who is David? So David, in a nutshell, five words. Focus, discipline, excellence, accountability, and love. Those five words, they drive everything I do. Focus, discipline, excellence, right. accountability, and love. And I mean... How have I come to be that sort of person? I grew up a church boy, like many people did. Right. And somehow, <laughs> somehow, I picked up a lot of things along the way. I was lucky somewhere in the past five or 10 years to drop off the religious bandwagon, but that's another story, not for today. Not for today. <laughs> <laughs> not for today. For me, it's been a case of being actively involved in helping people bring out excellence in what they do. So whether that's in, by the way, I didn't mention that I 
run an eight to five alongside my business. That's another kettle of fish. Where I'm going to ask you being, about that because I think I think people need to know how you can multitask a nine to five and also run a business on the side. So yeah, that's a great question. But go on. Yes, yes. So so for me, it's it's been about always trying to defy the hot, the odds. That's who David is. I'm the guy who said no one gave me. Let me say this for those listening. So in Nigeria, we have what they call the O-levels, right? right. Maybe you have your GCSEs. I failed my O-levels. So, and that was a big deal. You can't fail O-levels. That's right. like, you, you can't go anywhere in life. You're going to become a carpenter. Mm-hmm. That's the next level. <laughs> but I failed. And I had to take the, you know, the math, English, physical, all over again, different times, multiple times, just to get into the university. So I didn't stand a chance. And I believe that was the turning point for me. Steve, I, I had to say to myself, look, what can you do to help yourself now? That's where I started reading books, started listening to mental figures like the John Maxwell's of this world. And I was able to get it somewhere in my subconscious that can actually do the impossible. John Mason wrote a book several years ago that I also contacted, The Impossible is Possible. I believe that's the title of the book, The Impossible. Yeah? And for me, that was the start of a changed man. That was the the rebirth of David. From that point forward, I started to defy the odds. Someone who couldn't get into uni with straight results from his O levels, finished with an upper class in mechanical engineering, Everybody's wow. like, whoa, this is possible. From there, really I finished, I got a scholarship, a national scholarship from the National Director of Employment to go get some training in project management, et cetera. Wow. It, was an, it was a big deal. So for me, I made it a point that everywhere they said, this thing is not going to work. That is where we will go and we will make it work. So my life has been about defying the odds has been about standing up to build things that people say couldn't be done. And that's how I found myself getting involved in business. Like I said, I support my dad in his consulting work. And we had a lot of headaches, a lot of headaches. You know, if I start to recount, I believe one of the things I would say before I allow you to ask me the next thing you say is, when it comes to business, passion is not enough. That's the first thing I, 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 I think you need to say that again because I don't think most people have gotten the memo. You might need to say that again. When it comes to business and succeeding at it, passion is not enough. The passion would never be enough. There are so many factors that go along with it. For instance, I found when we're doing a particular consultancy for my dad it was a big project uh, i'm trying to put that in in dollar terms now today's exchange rate that's double digit millions of dollars right and we had the passion to execute this project we, we were ready for it we've been doing agriculture all our life i can tell how the story is going to end <laughs> <laughs> let's take it on so we brought in the resource persons, got in the equipment, started to work. But we missed the very basic things that make businesses work. Right. We were driven by passion, 
with by availability of funds. People always say it's just money, and once money is available, no, you you get to yeah. mess things up. Driven by our passion, Steve. That that's one one story that is still so fresh in my memory. How did we get this wrong? We blew those funds and didn't see. And at the time we left that particular project, the fruits of our labor. It was wow. unbelievable. We went head on without following the basic principles of scaling when it comes to business, mm. which we all know was why we, for those of us who have gone to the traditional you know, business school, those that have gone to the school of hard knocks, you know that you have to scale. Yeah. You know that you have to systemize it. We skipped all those things and we went with passion and the cookie crumbled. So from that point on, I understand that principles are principles. Yeah. When it comes to business, you cannot skip the principles. You cannot skip the process. The ugly truth about a business there is go. that your passion is not the prerequisite for your success. I'm sorry, it's not your passion. It's never going to be about your passion. So that's one thing that I've learned early in life. And when I get really passionate about stuff, I say to myself, oh boy, calm down. I wish I could tell you how that story ended, but the story is still being told. It's still, it's, it's still <laughs> unfolding, I can imagine. It's still it's unfolding. Still unfolding. But, you know, that's absolutely true. You know, passion is not enough. And I think people find out the ugly truth um, much later after they've been burned. But, you know, you know what they say? We're all wiser uh, in hindsight. Um, so let's 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 jump right in. You know, you, you talked about the fact that you actually run a nine to five, even though you have a consulting and training business. Now, as you know, most people are barely getting by with their nine to five and they feel like they don't have any time. And here you are, you know, you're working a nine to five and, you know, you're going to tell us a bit about that, but you're also running a business. Now, how are you able to, you know, be Batman, but, you know, be Bruce Wayne, you know, in the morning and Batman in the evening. So, you know, how are you able to do that? Clark Kent and Superman, how how are you handling that? Whoa. So sometimes I I wish I had the playbook for this. There's, (laughs) I wish... I had the blueprints. I say, just for my blueprints, this is how it is. But I realize it's a lot more dynamic. I realize that it has a lot to do with the becoming process. You know, it's the see have echoes of this world and code that tell you you have to follow the be do have process. Yeah. Yes. But and then you do, and then you can have. For me, like I said when I when we started this conversation, I always like to do the difficult thing because coming from a background where you failed, people didn't give you a chance, always try to do what people think can be done. So I compartmentalize a lot. And people now ask, don't you drop the balls when you juggle the balls? Then I ask them, go ask my employers if I drop the ball. Yeah. And because this is public, anyone can go verify that I've consistently had stellar appraisals. Get, I mean, I've consistently gotten opportunities and opportunities at work, both international trainings, go represent the company here and there. I believe it's all 
And again, this may or may not sound cliche depending on who's listening. It all starts here. Right. It all starts with what you think you can or you cannot do. I mean, we've all had it said that if you think you're right, if you think you can, you're right. If you think yeah. you can't, you're also right. So for me, I've, <laughs> I tell people when I get in training rooms that I'm like a dog. I'm calm on the surface, paddling like crazy underneath. I'm paddling like crazy. And that is something that I, I chose. It was a decision that I took circa 2004. That, that's about 18 years ago. Yeah. It was a decision made on my birthday that year. I was going to stand out. And I was not going to do normal. So I might actually let me there. So you may see me playing, but I would go back and put in extra hours. I would go back and compartmentalize my life. You, I do a lot. You know, hold on a second, bro, because this makes me this <laughs> makes me feel like those kids that used to scam us back in uni, where you know, you're hanging out with these guys and they're playing and they're joking and they're <laughs> laughing and they're clubbing with you. Yeah. Right. And after the club, after the partying is done, they come back to read and you think that read. all of you guys yes. are having fun, but these guys, so you're a snitch, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you put it that way, but that's actually how it worked. Yeah. Because back in the year, I was with the hip guys, church guys, but at night, I was with the those we call them the brain the, the brain involved. So people right. could not place it. How are you here and there at the same time? I'm like, what's chasing you is not chasing me. Right. The level, the depth of your decision making has to be thorough. The way I the way I like to teach it, I ask people when you want to dig a foundation for a bungalow and you want to dig for a skyscraper, is it the same thing? No. Me, nah, it's not the same. So ask you, I ask people, is your life going to be a bungalow or a skyscraper? If it's going to be a bungalow, it's okay to do what you're doing. But I can't do what you're doing because what we're building here is a skyscraper. So my choices have to be different. I have to be awake when you are sleeping. I still get my sleep, try to balance things out, but we cannot do things the same way. So the same thing goes for anyone who wants to you know, try to do things that seem impossible. You compartmentalize. You start with making a choice and then you follow through on those choices. For me, it's it's as simple as, for instance, today, I got up at four. Right. And that's waking up time because there are three things that I like to share with people. When direct answer to how do you do all this, David? I tell them three things. Rules, routines, and regiments. And someone's going to be like, oh, that's so military. Your mm-hmm. life, life is boring. I'm like, no, my life is not so boring. But rules, routines, and regiments. There are things you must, M-U-S-T. And I, I bring people back to your, your book. You know, Steve, the first time I met you in person was 2017. Oh, I wish I had that book. Okay. Speaking at, in Port and it, what the theme of the event was leverage. I don't know if you remember it. And Barely, but go on. <laughs> you can't remember. I'm not sure. <laughs> it was the first time I would see a guest speaker sit through his presentation. I'm like, why 
is this man so proud? He's supposed to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you try to explain to us, you say, guys, I'm sorry, I'm so tired. I have just have to say you bad back to back. You explain, but I'm like, wow. So it's going to release it all through. I'm paying for this event. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's a digression. So in that meeting, you you actually asked us, you, you told us that the wise thing to do was to get a copy of your workbook on uh, what's it called now? Uh, ruthless execution. The- There's mastering the business of your talent, and there was ruthless execution. I got two. I got two of them. Yes. So I bought the, the Mastering the Business of Your Talent workbook in that meeting in 2017. And at the back somewhere, because I've written and scribbled, you see my copy, I've scribbled all over it, scribbled. I use pencil so I can erase and write and erase. <laughs> I think you're long overdue for a new copy, bro. Don't be cheap. You need to get another I'll one. I'll get another copy. <laughs> I'll get another. But where I'm going is, there are things you recommended as must do yeah. at the back of So I said to myself, there are things you must do every day. And that's how I live my life. For instance, I say to myself, I must, I'm a speaker. I'm, I'm a knowledgepreneur, as they call it. Yeah. I also have a nine to five. That means I need to have a lot of knowledge. I need to share knowledge. So I must read every day. Right. Or I'm more to read ex- in exceptional situations. I won't read a book or something every day. I must write every day. If I ever try to you know, put together what I write every day, I'm sure I write thousands of words every day. Wow. So this I must do. I must reflect, meditate every day because that's actually my superpower. Some. Let me share some personal personal with you. Last last year, my mom went through a, a very difficult life situation with her health. And I hope, I hope she's okay that, now. Yes, she, she's okay. She's recuperating. During that period, I was still doing my big job. I was still doing my consulting. I was still doing my volunteer work with Toastmasters and other places where I go to speak for free, schools where I go to speak to kids. One day, someone that got to know about my mom's situation asked me, are you okay? Are you really okay? I said, yeah, why? I heard about your mom. How come you're still doing all these things? Right. So I said to the see, we almost, we, everyone cannot be like me, but what works for me is that I'm able to sit back, think, compartmentalize my life. I once heard someone say, and I took that thing to heart, that you should focus on what's within your sphere of control. Yeah. Whatever I cannot, I don't lose my sleep over it. And another thing that goes along with that is what you focus on expands. So if I focus on the problem, I'm going to magnify the problem. Right. If I focus on the I magnify the solution. So that's how I'm able to say, you know what? Rules, routines, regiments that guide my life. Rules, these are the rules. These are the routines. These are the regiments. And I must do these things for my life to be in some sort of balance. Does it get out of balance occasionally? Of course it yeah. does. 
more often than not, and here's the trick, I appear to other people to be superhuman because they're like, this guy can't be normal. Yeah. You, know, you are doing that, doing, how are you, you're not just okay. And I go, well, I agree. <laughs> Better still. Better still. I love it. Yeah. All right, man. I mean, I think that was really instructive to hear. Um, I think one of the things that would really benefit our audience, particularly those who are in um, employment, those who are not entrepreneurs, you know, they're probably wondering, you know, how on earth are you able to, you know, juggle a nine to five and your, your job, but particularly without, you know, having some sort of conflict of interest? Because um, I think every time I've spoken to somebody who's an emerging entrepreneur, particularly somebody who's in a job, you know, they always talk to me about, well, you know, Steve, yeah, I'd love to start a hustle, but man, conflicts of interest. And I think they just, they just parrot the words conflicts of interest without knowing what it really means. Uh, because if I'm not mistaken, conflict of interest is, is a conflict in doing something your company is, do, is interested is doing. in. Exactly. So right. conflict of interest is when you're interested in doing something with the, that the company is interested in, that's conflict of interest. But if your company yeah. is selling tomatoes and you're selling bricks, there is no conflict of interest because you're not selling the same market. Right? Um, but let me, let me just ask you, how are you able to do that? And what advice would you have uh, for those who are in employment and struggling with that, with starting a business? So again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always inclined to direct people to the starting point. Hmm. Why do you want to start the business? You want to start it for fun? Then you may not be committed to it. Right. You want to start it because you have a particular future that you already picture, then your commitment level will be totally different. So what do you see? What is your why? Right. We like to recommend people to Simon Sinek, start with why. Phenomenal book. Why do you want to do that business? So for me, how am I able to, or how would someone who wants to do business and retain the nine to five balance it, you want to transition later, whatever. You need to be willing to stretch. That's number one. You need to be willing to stretch. Right. It cannot be comfortable. So let's ditch that conflict of interest story that they always bandy around. Nothing of that. So you're just not ready. Period. Right. You're not ready. You want to be lazy. You're happy. You're comfortable. You're not hungry. Yeah. There's nothing that you are seeing that you that will get you up and running, more or less. So ask yourself, am I willing to stretch? When you agree with yourself that you're willing to stretch, then I'll ask you, what kind of circles are you hanging regularly? Because if you're looking to juggle those two balls, you need some ability. You need something that will help you along the way. Right. Your circle will be extremely instructive. So find yourself in the circle of people who are doing what your site also is. Right. One surefire way that you can begin to make sense of that you know 
side hustle or dream or business you want to build on the side. Remember, I started by saying you must be willing to stretch. Right. It all start from the end. You, you, you cannot do it by mouthing it off. It's going to push you. For something, uh, you know, our mentor, Bella, said once, he said, your nine to five may take you forward, forward. but your but your 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 five to nine the following day will take you upward upward so if you want to do forward and upward you must be willing to work those extra hours mm-hmm. so how you do it it starts with that decision to be willing to stretch number two you're in the right circle you're getting the right hand old i i'm teaching something in, in a small group this month on illumination and one of the things I, I say about illumination is that illumination helps with pace and precision. Mm-hmm. And you can only get illumination from a source that carries that illumination. And right. for someone that is listening to this, illumination for you might be a relationship with someone or a group of people, like Steve Harris would say, whose flaws are your ceiling. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Absolutely. When you find yourself in that environment, you give yourself a better chance. Give yourself a better chance. And I could continue to reel out things that you could do. For me, practically, I've already said, for me, I have mandatory things that I do every day, every month. And I have goals, milestones. I have accountability structures mm-hmm. that me so you cannot want to do this and go it alone and again it comes back again to that circle thing we'll always like to ask people again who is in your corner right alone in your corner when you have been drugged up with punches you just tell the referee to ring the bell yeah go <laughs> like i'm done go home, man. <laughs> there's no comeback here there's no rocky in the building anyway nah. ginger you're just going to and for those that are not familiar with that, you know, collect them. There's nobody to charge you up. So you, you need someone in your corner. And by the way, would you have naysayers who would have been like, ah, what, what, what's, what's all this about? You need to stress yourself like this. Yeah. You start it from the drawing board. Why are you doing it? Yeah. Are you for fun? Are we building something? Is there a future that you picture? If there is a strong why for it you know they like to tell us and we like to tell people as well that the how we get easier when the why gets stronger right. so let i be strong enough be so clear about the reason for which you are doing that thing if it's for fun let it be clear if it's because you are you have a desire to build something to solve mm-hmm. a problem which is what all businesses are into. And whenever I I speak on the subject of purpose, I like to always throw in that when you are in business, that is purpose. Absolutely. So it's not only when we hear purpose, they they start going Hail Mary. They think it's Mm -hmm. something that's always superficial, supernatural. No. Whatever you solve a problem for humanity is purpose. True. Skill. It's purpose. 
So it might be right there where you're doing your nine to five. It might be that the thing that really connects with your core is that side thing where you're trying to solve a human capacity development problem, where you're trying to solve some kind of what humanitarian problem, whatever it is that you solve, health problem. Like I met a friend recently who's talking to me about this business this startup that is just bootstrapping that is going to help people get more intentional about their health because he has a story attached to it mm-hmm. so so you have to find the story that is attached to that side also is that story that will keep you going for me it's my story about being able to help people experience a mind shift so that they can get a life shift that keeps me going in my training mm-hmm. and business. Because I understand that if a boy that nobody gave a chance as a young boy could turn out this way, then anybody can. Right. And I always tell people that I also have a friend who was a dropout, someone like that. You can Wise say- Wise man, yeah. It's possible. Very possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and speaking of stories, you know, and I love what you said about, um, you know, giving people a mind shift so that they can have a life shift. And I think that that's profound, very simple, very succinct, but incredibly pregnant with meaning. But yeah, so I want to ask you, right? So speaking about stories, what are some of the stories that you can tell us about, you know, starting a business or running a business? Because, you know, you're the CEO of the Dokun Company and you're into coaching, training, manpower development. So what are some of the stories that you can tell us that nobody told you when you were starting a business and you had to find out the, 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 you know, the hard way? What are some of the ugly truths about business that no one ever told you? <laughs> let, me, let me tell you this. Partnership can swing either way. That's one right. thing. True. Partnership can swing either way. <laughs> I was not told. You know, we like to talk that you should collaborate, collaborate. Partnerships can swing both ways. Yeah, they're so, bi- your partnerships are bisexual. They have totally different <laughs> feelings, man. They may not know the way you're thinking. I, I, no, you say that's a different dimension <laughs> to it. <laughs> partnerships can really, really. So this is a club business started in 2000 and. 15, yes, this human capital guy who said, no, this thing will work. And I had a couple of partners. But the reality was among the partners, not everyone bought into this idea. Right. Already, we were trying to move forward by dragging backward. So there was a lot of tussle. You know, I, I, was, I was headstrong about you know, this franchise we we convinced everybody to let's buy this franchise and millions of naira. We bought the franchise. And when Posakot wanted to make the franchise work, and some people listening to this who are familiar with me from way back may know what I'm talking about. Ah, because we couldn't merge our strengths, because we're not seeing the same picture, what would have been a constructive outcome of that partnership turned out to be destructive. Right. That business died. It, it died with all dreams. 
all the hopes that we had for that town. We, we, we had painted so many pictures. Was it that we didn't have good plans? We did. Was it that it couldn't have worked? Maybe it was not right for the time because that's another right. thing they wouldn't think about your business. There's a timing for the mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That market was not ready. I don't even know if it's ready now for True. the kind of approach which we took. Again, the ugly truth is your approach may not be what your audience likes. Right. You cannot always want it this way. They may want it in a way that is convenient for them, that is at their level of reasoning. So you don't impose what you believe is a, a solution. You adapt yeah. your business your client. So we, we got it so wrong with that partnership. And for me, that, that was such a tough lesson. You know, we had in that group the best of the best. We had such a diverse, rich group of people that we could have done anything. We could have, we could have built the Rockefeller group of companies with the amount of experience and funding we had, but we didn't work out because we're not on the same page. So you, right. anyone listening to this is asking themselves, ah, I'm going to go into business. I'm going to have this and this. Watch out how you bring partners into your business. Ensure that your partners, and you would have differences. You're from different backgrounds. You, you have divergent views occasionally, but they should not be so strong enough that they would ground the business. And I mean, you, you, we just think this is piece of cake, but it does ground businesses. It does ground businesses. So that, that's one thing that I learned the hard way, the very hard way. You know, I love the fact that you said, you know, partnerships tend to swing both ways. And then I said to myself, and they will fuck you up, <laughs> you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that, that, that's gonna ring for long in my head. <laughs> that's gonna stay there for quite a while. <laughs> partnerships swing both ways and they will fuck you up you know so it is true it's the ugly truth about business but but that is that profound and and also i love how you you talked about the fact that sometimes the market isn't ready for whatever great idea you have and you know you will have to adapt along the way and just start pivoting and switching and you know you you sometimes you Mm -hmm. just think that oh i have this idea by the time we put boots on the ground you know, we'll just, it'll be, you know, be a smooth sailing, but you now realize that mm, the market is like, Mm-mm, no, no. It's, it's always like that Mm-mm. jigsaw puzzle that you're trying to fit in. And it's just, Yay. it looks like it, but it's not entry. You're tapping, you're hitting. You're, <laughs> now you have to now say to yourself, maybe these people did, let me start cutting it to, you know, that's, you crazy. Yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy. Do you have any other uh, ugly truth secrets that you'd like to share before we, uh, before we go? So another ugly truth that, that I may want to share is, let, let me pick the one that, that, that I find really touched me recently. And, and this one is, is in a good way, right? Sometimes you have to go with your gut feeling, right? right? I, I made some business decisions 2020, January was the start of the year. It was the start of the year. People were a little bit edgy. There was already some filtering news from China about the pandemic. Right. People were brought aside. People were cautious. 
And I had an opportunity to take on an investment, which was quite decent. In, in, in Naira, it was about eight figures. And I said, wow, this, this sounds really crazy. And everybody wouldn't touch it. And when I remember, I can't remember if it was Warren Buffett or whoever usually says, when people get greedy, you should be weary. Yeah. And when they're afraid, you should you know, jump on it. So I just went with my gut. And honestly, again, this is not a hard and fast rule. Right. Sometimes you go with your gut and you, you, you get a still, stomach ache. <laughs> you get stomach ache. But I find that there's something about, and I'll quickly drop this before we tie this off together. I'll talk about three things, uh, three kinds of senses that I, I, I came up with. It was an inspired thought. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about, but in that business, uh, to summarize that story, what I made in that business was actually what sustained me through the year, the first year of the pandemic. Wow. It was, it was short, sweet, sharp. And within the first quarter, I'd made enough to see me through that year. Because for my nine to five, it turned out to be a terrible year. And like, is that year, right? So I, I mean, look back and, you know, it's just this conversation has helped me actually, because many times I think, how did I even survive? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> now I'm remembering that it was actually that deal. There are three kinds of senses, and, you know, I'll say this and then we can tie it up together, that people should try to be conscious of and be cautious about. Okay. The first one is your sixth sense, which is what I just spoke about. Right. Your gut. What what do you feel? Your sixth sense. I'm going to talk about that some other time in detail, but everyone has a sixth sense. You have to pay attention to it. It's subliminal, it's silent, it's also salient, but you cannot hear it, you cannot use it if you are not conscious of it. So it's there, but everyone has sense. The second one is your street sense. Mm. So people don't understand that you have to be streetwise. Not everything is the book. And that's what you have to learn in business. I, I doubt if there's any successful businessman, and Steve, I'm sure you'd attest to this, that's not streetwise. True that. Your sense has to kick in. I wish I had time to tell the story about the, the fine line between honesty in business and being you know, just correct. Mm. Honesty puts people in trouble in business, but that's not for today. We'll, we'll, so, we'll definitely bring you back for the remix. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honesty puts people in trouble. You want to say, ah, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> you, you may get in trouble. Yeah. I'm not saying something illegal. I'm not saying do something that is immoral. Mm-hmm. There's a fine line between when you should keep quiet and when you should be all open book. So your street sense would help you survive in business. Mm-hmm. And the third sense is your spiritual sense. Now, this is irrespective of your belief. What is whatever you believe in? You believe in trees, you believe in stones, you believe in an ultimate being, the supernatural. Your spiritual sense is a is such an heightened level of operation. And this is where you get to when, Steve, I'm sure that you, you can attest to this, where you would get an inspired thought that you will know that this is not your street sense. This yeah. is not your 
sense. This is a supernatural thing. Exactly. That's your spirit, your, your spiritual sense, where you can connect to the supernatural and get direct feed on what to do per time, where to go, what to say. Absolutely. To say, when you combine these three senses and they are in sync, well, if you're able to get them in sync, you're a superstar. They may not all be in sync every time, but if you are conscious enough to get them all rolling, either independently or together, you stand a better chance of making your business work. And I, I'll finalize that with a story. I went to speak for a company early last year. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get copies of my book, Success Soul Shakes. And I said to myself, oh, they didn't ask me to bring this book, but I think I need to go with this book. Right. And I what should I do? So I heard, go with 13 books. I think it was 13 books. I'm like, hmm, that's strange. Carrier bags and went for the speaking gig. Guess what? Yes, you guessed right. There were 13 people on the table. <laughs> How weird is that? And I didn't know this until the end of the training and the chief executive said, oh, you told me you just wrote a book. I think you should give everybody a copy of your book. Did you bring them? I right. said, oh, at the table. I brought them. I, would they go around? I said, let's try. And honestly, I could have sworn that it was like five loaves and two fish that multiplied, but everyone had a copy. Amazing. And I'm like, oh, wow. Interesting. So some might say that's coincidence, but I know that some things go beyond coincidence because when sure. they happen, you understand that there's a science there's a sense behind it so your street sixth sense and your spiritual sense you should get them kicking together it'll also help you in business you know i I love this man and i know that everyone listening to the podcast is just digging this and i think that the the best way to end you know you've already alluded to it was you know just talking about your book you know success soul shakes um what inspired you to write that and how do we how do we sign up how do we get you know copies of your book as well yeah, so just go on Amazon, anywhere around the world, you get that. If you're in Nigeria, it's on a part of books as an ebook. If you want a hard copy, you just go to www.davidjokun.com. You see a link to order, or you can go to any of the physical stores in Nigeria and ask for it, you get it. So how one inspired me to write it? Thought diarrhea. What is thought diarrhea? Say what thought diarrhea? <laughs> Running thoughts. <laughs> I got you. I love it. <laughs> Running thoughts. I love it. So I find that the majority, and I say that with care, the majority of people in our cosmos have thoughts diarrhea. They're constantly thinking negative thoughts. What could go wrong? I can't do this. I'm not built for this. How? So it's the natural state of being of most people. And I find that that is going to be anti-success. So I said, why don't we put together a couple of words that mean success and can help people every single day? And that's what brought about that thought. I, I said, no, we have to help people. They cannot. And remember, and I've said this a couple of times all through this you know, conversation, that it's always about the way I think. Right. So I said, Affirmations help me a lot. So why don't we share answers, anecdotes, and affirmations mm-hmm. in a 
366 page book that can help anyone pick it any day of the week and they find answers right they find anecdotes that relates to something they're experiencing and they find affirmations strengthen them from within and help them calibrate their thoughts so that in a nutshell was why i was inspired to write that book and all through the book, you find personal stories from myself, people that are my mentors, all over that are relatable and connect with people. And you find answers to the questions you ask. So 52 words that mean success. If I ask anyone here, what, is, what word connects you to success? Somebody might say discipline. If I ask you, for instance, you might say what? Money. Word, Steve. Money. <laughs> There's money in the book. I think that's number 32. There's money. There's fame. There's fulfillment. Yeah. There's consistency. So all the words that mean success to people, I took a poll and narrowed it down to 52, one for each week of the year right. and wrote seven chapters each on that. So more or less, you have one thing a day that you can use to battle your thoughts diarrhea more or less, and then you can step out each day or after a bad day and recalibrate. So it's a recalibration. It's a calibration tool for you. the human. That's why, you know, you say like, that's like shakes, right? Certain soul shakes, they help you like protein shakes. Right. To get energized, to get focused. And, you know, you, you have all it takes to face the future when you have the right tools in your kit. So that's why I wrote the book. Guys, I, I know that, you know, you're listening to this podcast and you can't get enough of David Bilkun's wisdom. And, and trust me, if you could watch the conversation, you'll know, as you can tell, he's not just a pretty face, right? He's also got some brains backed up behind the beauty, right? Dave, this has been amazing. This has been really, really cool. And I know people want to catch up with you. Um, so how can they, you know, how can they hook up with you? How can they follow you? Websites, socials, you know, where can we hook up with you? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter as at I am David Dokun. Same handle on Instagram at I am David Dokun. On Facebook, you find David Dokun. On LinkedIn, you also find David Dokun. My website's www.daviddokun.com. It is what it is. Personal brand. It is what it is. It is what it is. That's just what it is. Across all social media handles, um, David Dokun. I'll also keep his handles in the show notes, in the description in the show notes, notes uh, so that you guys can just follow David and send him a DM and hook up with him. Uh, coaching, he is an amazing and incredible uh, coach. He's also, I, I, you know, I almost forgot to talk about this, but I think I can sneak this in for another quick two minutes. You've got some, you do some amazing work where it comes to public speaking and everyone who's listening to you clearly knows that they can tell that you're, you're very articulate, you're very er eloquent and erudite. Can you just talk to them just right quick about public speaking and how, whatever you give as advice concerning that? Yeah. So that's one of my superpowers. I, I run a little group called the Spectacular Speaker Africa. It's a little, and like in the next five years, you're going to look like 1 million people in that group. So you have to come back to this podcast to remember that. Public speaking for me is the joker. It's, it's how you are able to face your fears, how you're able to get your message out there. Quick, sure fire approach 
for anyone who says I'm struggling with my publishing, by the way, I have coaching programs for that, executive coaching programs where awesome. I assist with executives and I'm talking about people from all the top you know, companies in Nigeria that I'm currently coaching, whether it's Total, NLNG and all those fine folks. But what the message is when it comes to public speaking is it's what I call a rewiring process. Right. A rewiring process. And what to do? Someone wants to apply something immediately today to help them become a better speaker. What I would strongly recommend is highlight what you consider to be your biggest problem with public speaking. Put it on one hand. Mm -hmm. Once you have that in that other hand, then ask yourself, what if every time I got to speak to someone face to face, I spoke or I'm able to speak from an area of my strength? Mm -hmm. So the usual narrative is don't stay in your comfort zone. But my message when I come to my clients and people that I coach is when it comes to public speaking, die in your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Because you are not afraid in your comfort zone. And, and it's counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. But in a, what I'm saying is when you're telling a story, about something you've experienced that is personal to you, you don't have to open a book. You don't have to be afraid about it. You are literally going on about it. And then we can then go through all the process of the technicalities, which I take in my trainings, how to speak, vocal variety, gestures, all the fine stuff that will now help you come out in an Obama-esque fashion. There That's, yes, we can. Yes, we can. You see, yes, we can. So those are the final prints. But if you're looking for a way to quickly hack your public speaking, dump your fears on one side. Ask yourself, what's my story? What's, what's my strength zone? Is it the way I smile? Is it right. my or Is it just my background that I cannot get enough of? Once you tell that to a few people, you get comfortable with it, you stick with it. And then we can then tutor you through the process of finessing that presentation skill, how to make sure that you organize your speech so that it's memorable, mm -hmm. how to use mnemonics. I'm sure people are asking how many mnemonics I've used today. Quite I'm talking about regiments, I'm talking about answers and negative affirmations. I'm talking about street sense, sixth sense, spiritual sense. How do you do that, David? So these are the things that I teach. These are the things right. I've imbibed over the years. And it helps the audience remember, because I know for free that a lot of people listening to this would remember a number of the mnemonics and the alliteration yeah. that I've used today. That's some of the fine part of public speaking that makes the musicality so sweet and then endears you to your audiences, art, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, anyone reaches out to me on any of those social platforms, we can work out. I run a eight-week personal coaching program for busy people so that it's not stretching anyone yeah. and that way you're able to come out of it and people are like what happened to you <laughs> what changed yeah so that, that's what i do with that bit and then there's the group ones of course mm -hmm. they are also on my website for the group coaching ladies and gentlemen 
the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, David Dokun. Bro, this has been good. This has been really good. The bells so we'll and the whistles. We'll bring you back for an encore. That definitely is for sure. Definitely is for sure, man. Thank you so much. I think the whole world should know that Steve is not just a brother and a friend. He's a mentor. He's one of those people that they say is what is floor is our ceiling, right? All right, man. I hear you. I, hear you. I call him Lord Steve. Thank you for having the show i appreciate appreciate thank you (laughs) thank you for listening to the ugly truth about business podcast i hope you enjoyed it please take a moment to subscribe share it with a friend and most importantly leave a review and let people know that this is the podcast that they should be listening to on the internet thank you